Charlie, you are here with a brief review for us of a play you saw last week. Yes, I am, Tom. I saw a play last week called Mr. Burns that is playing at the Downstairs Theatre in Collins Street. I saw it last week. I have to say, went into it with not much detail. I didn't know much of the plot myself, but it was really, really good. It's based on the famous Simpsons episode, Cape Fear. And um, this, is a, this is a famous Simpsons episode? Very famous. Okay, very and famous. do you have to be a Simpsons buff to know this episode, or if you give like a brief synopsis of it? I have, yeah, I have no idea what it's like it's, so the actual episode is a parody of an actual movie that was released in 1962. Gotcha, okay. And also a remake in 1991 with Robert De Niro. Basically, it's this, sum it all up, it's based on this um, lawyer who, 14 years prior to the actual storyline, um, defends this person in, in jail. Okay. Um, he's a very heavy criminal. He gets out, and then um, his lawyer basically failed the case, and he ended up going to jail for 14 years. I see. And then he gets out, and then plots revenge on this lawyer and his family. Ooh. And um, <laughs> the Simpsons episode, in particular, kind of yeah. parodies that with a character called Sideshow Bob, yep. who we all know, of course, we all know from Simpsons. By 1993, it was released, the episode. Mm-hmm. And it's just based on Sideshow Bob. Obviously, he's a, he wants to kill Bart, that kind of thing. Obviously, that running gag of him wanting to kill a 10-year-old. But pretty much that he's after him and his whole family. Okay. And it's just a comedy outlining of, of that. So um, it's a play yeah. based upon a Simpsons episode, which is based upon a film. It's like it's like there's three among those. It's yeah, a lot there's some to take three-dimensional in. stuff going on. The yeah. play itself, it firstly starts off in this post-apocalyptic line of land. Yeah. Like, they're sitting on a fireplace, and all we're talking about, like, it's starts off very dim, very dark, and you're just thinking, what's going on, that kind of yeah. thing. And they just start quoting lines from the actual episode. Oh. And um, I was kind of like, well, okay. So, and then they stop halfway through, so it's like a, like a subplot in a way. Okay. They told that it's based on the episode, but then it's just based on them trying to kind of survive in this post kind of, you know, pre-alive, pre-stage kind of, yeah. kind of stage. But pretty much it just it kind of evolves around that. Okay. And then it fast forwards seven years into them trying to kind of recreate it as a live action kind of thing. It's a very good place, very well written, well acted as well. Okay. Um, they're and f- and funny. All playing, like, very funny as well. It's like belly laughs. Dark, hum- dark humor. Okay. Dark okay. humor. It's that kind of like what? And then you start laughing, think, oh, okay. And it was originally an American play as well, so mm-hmm. it was taken from the states. I haven't seen their versions, but it's very, very similar from what I've been told. And it's just really well done, and the audience is what kind of makes a play as well. Yeah. So I've yeah, always had this true. thing because when I used to do like stage handling, for example, the okay. audience and the play mm-hmm. have to kind of combine together to make the entire experience yeah. that much more better yeah. and the audience were just as obviously getting a lot involved yeah. and good perception as well and do you think the venue helps with that is there that kind of intimacy there that means the two can gel very much so I think the yeah. interview I mean the actual venue itself it helps and obviously okay. the set as well like the set design is also really good as well and hey. I've got to like really kind of just mark down 10 out of 10s for the way it was done the way it was acted I um, hadn't seen one of those kind of plays in a very long time so mm-hmm. I was getting back into the stage of kind of having a look at what it's like you know being an audience member yeah. and just seeing the entire play from start having to finish having a critic's eye on oh yeah I wouldn't say I'm like hey, you know, critique you be modest not like critique <laughs> you know that kind of like you know but I thought just as an person watching it, a good story. Yeah. It took me a while to kind of figure out what was going on by about halfway through after the first okay, act. Okay, and then the penny drops. And then the penny drops and think, oh, okay, maybe I think it's more... Okay. And I was kind of going, eh. obviously I kind of had to watch the end and think, oh, that's what happened. Okay. Again, I have to say, obviously, set design comes down to it as well, so mm-hmm. it was... um. Was it minimalist, the set design, or did they go all out and have these extravagant sets? Actually, throughout, it was kind of basic. Um, it was very basic. Well, I suppose 45 Downstairs is a very basic 
venue. You wouldn't expect it's these huge... Down, you know, being, being a downstairs, mm. yeah, it's questions I was asking myself and obviously people who run moving and move out sets is, you know, how do you do it? It's quite a small stage, but the way they do it is just um really good. They kind of had a scene where they were, like, closing the curtain mm-hmm. and then this lady was, like, writing down, like, I will not do this, I will not do that, like Bart Simpson does in, like, every Simpsons episode oh, opening. Oh, and, yeah. and then to kind of obviously make that time formidable... Yeah. So they can actually go ahead and they can set up and stuff like that. Because I don't think from a lot of plays I've seen yeah. that's actually been done. It's been like a very rush in, rush out, rush in, run out. And I know that when I've worked on plays before, um, or even just seen them in general, it's very rushed and there's always like something happened backstage. They were really good in the way they use obviously time management in regards to setting up scenes. And they kind of just thought, yep, they were ready to go. And so we're still connected with the story. So, which is really, really good. Oh, and I think. Good. And yeah. is it still running? Do you know? It, it is still it running. It is still going. It is okay. still going. Cool. I'd recommend seeing it um, before it closes. It's very, very good. Okay. It's been hard to get tickets, but I'd definitely jump onto the website and Where have a look. There's a will, there's a way. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I definitely recommend if you can try and get tickets, try and get tickets. It is really, really good. You were um, mentioning previously how there's the audience and the cast together. Like, there's that connection. There needs to be a synergy for them to add that extra sort of... <laughs> that I was just going to say. Perfect. <laughs> synergy, I've yeah. got that pun. There needs to be that synergy within them. And you were talking about how you had backstage experience as well. Yeah. So, if you were like, what's the role called backstage manager? Like, if you were the backstage manager, what are some things you would do to, like, sort of further, what's the word for it, further exemplify or further, mm. yeah, just further the synergy between the audience and the cast. Backstage management, I haven't done, but you make a really good point, though, in the way what do backstage do to kind of make the play more printable. It's a matter of obviously being heavily organised behind the scenes, making sure everything, as I mentioned before, about, you know, filling in time, that kind of thing. Making sure you're wearing black. That has been a Number thing in the one. past where I have <laughs> worn a white T-shirt. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> um, it was the first time I was doing stage backstage. I was back home when I was yeah. living in Perth. I did wear like a white shirt to the uh, stage rehearsals. It was like a night before the actual play. Gotcha. And I got this. I got this look. And people were like, don't do it tomorrow night. <laughs> And I was like, I won't. <laughs> but we all got like our own shirts. Most people backstage get their own shirts of the outline Ooh. of the play as well. I'm sure Mr. Burns might have it. I'm not too sure. But most community and most of the other players, like backstage people, have their own kind of uniform. But no, the backstage is the most important thing and the audience. And just getting it all ready. And obviously, yeah, you, you can be anyone backstage and you can make a difference. Like I was the guy at the Secret Garden and I was just the bell ringer and I was just the curtain puller. But everyone backstage makes a difference. Have you and ever handled the smoke machine? I have never handled the smoke machine, what? no. A smoke machine. Yeah, so it's, smoke it's when you put know, um, what is it? a carbon dioxide into um, some sort of, I guess you'd call it like an oxygen gun, really, and you mm. just huh? spray cloud everywhere to give the impression of like a misty night or something Ooh. like that. No, I did do like the lighting thing when you kind of like the spotlighting when you got to follow a oh, light around, yes. do a figure eight, and also bump equipment and also like that, <laughs> bump the microphone. But like, yeah, stuff like that I did as well, obviously doing behind stage work, but being an audience member watching all the effort. All the effort mm. put into something like that and as well. I feel well. like only someone with backstage experience would actually see that actually coming like into fruition, whereas someone like me who hasn't really had mm. much experience backstage, I would just see it sort of like yeah, on a more like surface level. Yeah, No, definitely. We do need to wrap up just shortly, but I wanted to ask you briefly the significance of the title, the Mr. Burns post-electric play. Mr. Why have they gone of that title? I think the Mr. Burns things actually interest me because, like, they mentioned Mr. Burns in the 
obviously the episode. Being the episode Cape Fear, though, Mr. Burns is actually isn't in the episode at all, but they try and reference him in the kind of play to make sure like, he's like the main bagger of The Simpsons. The show's trying to create their own antagonist, and they're trying to bring other themes from The Simpsons, not just bringing apart that episode. And I think when Mr. Burns comes in, he's like the massive outline of the show. He's like the mm-hmm. main antagonist, and he was portrayed very, very differently in the play. I mean, this guy who was portraying him was, you know, very gothic and, and very... Uh-huh. And it took me a while to kind of realise, like, that's Mr. Burns. Like, <laughs> but yeah. I found his impression, they really relate to the kind of what is reality kind of theme, the very mm. inception kind of theme, and it was just those outside themes in regards to kind of like, what is this, what's real, what isn't? Yeah. Plus, it's an interesting mix-up, but it actually, it really works for this play. And it, just, it kind of depends on what you like about certain, obviously, genres of stories. Yeah. If you like ones that kind of mix in together, it's really, really good all again. So it's good Beautiful. story, good plot, yes. good acting, and excellent stage work. Excellent. Woo-hoo. That was Mr. Burns' post-electric play, which is playing at 45 downstairs. If you can get your hands on tickets, because there aren't very many of them from what we've heard, then good on you.